Welcome to today's episode of Building Builders, a podcast made for contractors. In this episode, we are joined by Josh Van Eyck, a project manager of Ellis Don, to talk about the challenges of running a $187 million hospital project. Enjoy. Josh, it's uh, it's great to meet you. Um, have been look, looking forward to this. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Kevin, my absolute pleasure. I, I first saw your <laughs> podcast and I absolutely love it. So I'm happy that uh, I get to be a guest here today. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, Josh, you know, maybe just diving right in here. There, there's a lot about, uh, you know, some of the projects that you're working on that we can't wait to learn more about. But uh, maybe just to, to kick it off, tell us, you know, um, your background in construction and, you know, what, uh, how you sort of developed a love for the construction industry. Yeah, so... Uh Really quickly, my, my love for construction started young. My uh, grandfather had a, a, a concrete forming business. Um, so, and my father kind of worked in that business for a lot of years. So at a very young age, I, I was on a construction site. Um, and, and it's really all I ever knew all through high school into university. Uh, I worked in a number of different uh, industries, a lot of concrete, a lot of underground um sewer and water main obviously did some home renovation some house framing so naturally uh went to university became a civil engineer structural civil engineer uh and i was fortunate enough uh, straight out of university to to get a job up in fort mcmurray alberta uh in uh, on an industrial site working for for graham construction um uh, absolutely amazing uh, experience with with graham up there um they're, they're a first-class contractor and, and do amazing work. Uh, and it really got, I really got uh, exposed to a, a huge breadth of, of different construction and absolutely massive equipment. Like uh, I know you talk about favorite equipment a lot on the show. So uh, hmm. it's hard not to fall in love with those big 737s and massive uh, yeah. hydraulic excavators. Um, so uh, three years up in Fort McMurray and then... Um, uh, it was it was back to Ontario, uh, where I did uh, three years on a, a wastewater treatment plant project uh, in, in the Kitchener area with Graham as well, and, and now here I am at uh, Ellis Don, another amazing company. Uh, uh, lucky enough to be the project manager for the Cambridge Memorial Hospital. Wow, that's a uh, yeah, a cool story. Sounds like you've been doing some pretty uh, pretty neat stuff, and and. Uh, are you based in London? Uh, is that where you're coming from? Yeah, currently. So the London office or Elliston's uh, office in London kind of takes care of the southwestern Ontario region. So um, the project I'm on right now is in Cambridge, but out of the London office. Cool. Uh, so did you go to school at Western? No, I did not go to Western. I, I, a lot of friends of mine went to Western. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was born and raised just outside of London. So um uh, yeah, Western is near and dear to my heart, but no, I went to uh, University of Windsor is where I graduated. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I went to uh, Fanshawe. I thought we were going to have uh, a long chat about the uh, the local establishments oh, around. <laughs> I did do yeah, a year at Fanshawe. I did do one oh, year yeah. of civil engineering tech when, when I was there before okay. I went to university. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, so tell me... Uh, you know, you've worked in framing, home renovations, water mains, mining, now industrial construction. Um, do you have a favorite? 
Oh, anything challenging, I got to say, Kevin, is probably my favorite. Um, <laughs> you know, every every job I'm there and I always say, oh, this is the best job I've ever been on. And then you experience something new and exciting and you're like, this has got to be the best job I've ever been on. But uh, uh, certainly industrial, uh, infrastructure, wastewater and healthcare, they, they all have very unique challenges, uh, very unique styles of how things are completed. Um, it, it would be difficult to pick a favorite, but I got to say, love big machines and I love concrete those. So um, yeah. anything, anything with heavy equipment <laughs> and concrete, I usually, uh, I love quite a bit. Did you, uh, do you get straight into project management or did you start with uh, estimating or how did you kind of work your way up here? Uh, yeah. So at a university, um, you, I started off basically in project management. So started off as a, a project coordinator. Uh, but mm -hmm. within that role, uh, you, you're certainly exposed to um, different, all, all different project life cycle or all different aspects of a project life cycle. So um, a, lo a lot of experience with estimating. Um, I like to say I'm kind of a scheduling project control specialist is kind of my, my forte. Um, but yeah, project management the, the whole time through. Awesome. Um, so we're, we're really looking forward to talking more about uh, the project that you're on right now, um, uh, which is the Cambridge Memorial Hospital, if I'm right. Um, can you can you give us a bit of an overview of, uh, of this project? Yeah, for sure. So it's it's uh, extremely exciting. Um, it's exciting in the fact that we're, we're delivering a quality product to, to the city of Cambridge, which I know has been uh, long awaited for. Um, so Ellis Don was awarded the project in, um, December of 2020. Um, mm -hmm. so if, if we know, if we kind of get a sense of what was going on in 2020, it, it was a, a yeah. crazy time to be awarded a, a major hospital renovation project. Uh, the project itself consists of, of 23 different phases. So, um, one key component and, and one of the greatest challenges uh, of doing a hospital renovation is that the hospital needs to maintain its core function, which is which is treating um, um, people, right, either sick or recovering or or what have you. Um, so at no at no time can we disrupt any of the adjacent spaces. So the staging, the logistics of the project is probably the most difficult part. Um, any renovation has its challenges with with unforeseen conditions or, or hazardous materials, but hospitals are um, uniquely um, uniquely challenging because of how intricate all the, the different systems are. Um, so again, coming back to a kind of a high level of what the project is, it's 24 phases. So essentially, we, we would take over a department at a time. Uh, we identify any of the services that we're able to remove, any of the services that need to maintain to maintain core function. Um, a lot of times we're restricted between our working hours because there may be operating rooms or, or children being born in a space immediately adjacent to our working. Uh, so a lot of those considerations will play into how we, we um, determine our resource allocation and, and how we can, when and how we can get people into the space. Uh, so once the utilities are identified, we start the demolition process. Uh, and that always brings up uh, a number of challenges, whether it's uh, hazardous materials, which we weren't aware of, or or beam locations aren't where they're being supposed to be, or a completely different construction methodology that wasn't shown on the 1930 plans that we were given. <laughs> um, so we complete the demo demolition. Um, 
and then it goes straight into fit out. So uh, that'll be your typical ICI type of fit out. Everything is rated two hours, so all steel stud and, and fire rated materials. Uh, and then and then it's commissioning. The hospital moves in, and and we hop on to the next phase. And and uh, currently on this project, twenty four phases. We we it runs in three streams. Um, and I hope I'm not going too fast or too much information. No, it's great. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're running two, three streams right now. We call them the North Stream, the South Stream, and the Tower Stream. Uh, and again, it's it's based on on um, the operations of the hospital, how they how they can manage the departments. Like we have to finish. If we're if we're removing, usually if we're taking over a lab space, we have to have a, a separate lab space for them to move into. Um, so it, it requires a, a lot of close close coordination with with a lot of different stakeholders not only cmh staff uh, but we have to be mindful of of patrons using the hospital how they're going to travel and egress through the hospital space to make sure that proper fire rating and, and code requirements are being met um and um and then there's also uh, the different owners of, of the hospital as well that uh, we have to be mindful of their budgets and 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 stuff like that so um not as as technically challenged on a construction side, but uh, as far as logistics and, and and cooperation and and that level of communication that's required, it's I, I've never been on a project like it. Um, yeah, super interesting. Um, I have a lot of questions. But, yeah, for it, please. Um, <laughs> um, many years ago, I used to be in the landscape uh, construction industry and, and uh, was involved heavily in snow removal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the surprises that we had on one of the job sites, um, we were maintaining a, a helicopter landing pad for, uh, for Orange uh, at uh, one of the OPP uh, facilities, and we weren't able to use salt. Um, mm. It's kind of, you know, we missed it in the tender, we, you know, we were, uh, you know, kind of surprised and, you know, no big deal. We figured it out. Um, but when you started talking about uh, earlier there um, about how, you know, not disrupting the adjacent building and, you know, making sure operations could, uh, can, could continue. Um, mm. All the things that were going through my head is, you know, was there, is there a number of, you know, the number of decibels that you can, uh, you know, as far as the noise goes, uh, is there certain vibration levels or is there, or is there anything that kind of like, you know, that is a surprise uh, that kind of didn't jump out of the page in the, uh, in the tender uh, yeah. for this project. Uh, so, so for the most part, I, I like to think that we were pretty aware of, of most of the conditions that we were getting into, but I, I there is some, some unique uh, constraints we'll say that, that you won't see anywhere else. Um, so yes, there is, there is noise and vibration are, are absolutely huge. Um, so we don't have any noise, uh, sensors, but we do have vibration sensors around uh, key equipment. So like their CT scanners, their MRIs, different x-ray machines. Uh, we do keep uh, vibration monitoring. Uh, and and um, that has led us like we've had to change some of our, like we have to drill piles, for example, in the middle of an operating hospital, we're in there with, with drill rigs doing piles for a new shear wall. Um, and we had to, yeah, it, it was, it was exciting. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So we had to, we had to, um, pick the machinery that we were using based on the amount of vibration or noise it was going to make. Um, right. so we ended up uh, using a, a modified core driller almost to drink down. Like, uh, I think we were going 13, 
13 or 15 feet uh, to hit the, get proper bearing for these piles. So it was kind of unique. But uh, one, one major thing is, is, is dust. Dust in a hospital is, a, is an absolute killer. Um, so infection control um, is, is probably one of the toughest constraints or unknown constraints that, that people don't think of during a hospital renovation. So um, we are required. So every, every space, um, or we call them work face that we, we enter, uh, obviously we, the first thing we do is, is create a dust barrier essentially around the entire space. Um, and as part of that, we build little anti-rooms. Uh, so every time you enter into one of our work faces, you'll walk over a sticky mat, uh, you go through two sets of doors um, to basically create that um, barrier between the hospital and our work site. On top of that, we also are required to maintain a negative pressure within that workspace. Um, wow. so, so that every time, yeah, exactly. Every time you open the door, the air gets sucked into the space rather than blowing out. Um, and that's, that's, that's to prevent dust from entering the hospital, which is, which is one of the greatest like creators of infection in recovering patients and, and can be quite deadly. Right. So, um, dust control and, um, infection control and prevention is, is one of the key aspects that, that if you're not, if you're not ready and prepared for that can, can really, really hurt you even, yeah, materials in and out all have to be bagged, covered, wrapped, no, no dust. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you guys are doing a great job of it. That sounds impossible. <laughs> what an impossible, daunting task to keep uh, keep the dust down. But um, uh, yeah, it's super interesting. I I I'm curious to know: was the information readily available uh, for uh, when you're coming up for the solution for uh, drilling um, and you know the decibels and the vibration, um, or is it kind of uh, did you have to test the equipment to you know, make sure that you had the right solution. How did you, how do you find that out? Yeah. So, uh, you, you're exactly right. So there's obviously each machine has, um, um, like product data sheets that go along with it. So we are, um, not only are you constrained by noise and sound, but you're also constrained by the power requirements of, cause they can't have gas. So everything has to be electric right. as well. Right. Which is another, uh, little component. Um, so there, yeah, before any machine came to site, there, there was a number, a lot of back and forth uh, between us, the owners, the consultants, uh, reviewing these data sheets. Um, even the the weight of the equipment was a factor or how am I going to get this equipment in and through the door? Um, so there was a lot of consideration into that. Uh, the product data sheets were helpful. We had... Um, we did we did test piles and test runs where we would, we would drill a pile in the middle of the night, right? Review... Uh, review the mon- review the vibration, review if there was any sound complaints, um, and if there was, we would adjust accordingly. Uh, but most of the time, it involved if if vibration was high, then we would have to shift that scope of work to when the CT scanner or the MRI machine was not in use. So um, all our piles had to be done at night because they did exceed the the vibration requirements that we were required to maintain. So that's kind of how we worked worked through that. Yeah. And sorry, it had to be done at night because uh, those the hospital equipment wasn't being used at that time. Correct. Is that why? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, what an interesting and you know, frankly, fun problem to solve. I feel like that uh, just you know sounds really fun to you know dig into and find the right piece of equipment and just the size. You know, trying to find something that can fit through the doors. I uh, 
That's that right. Sounds, uh, sounds yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, how, how has, uh, um, has supply chain uh, been, you know, a, a, a difficult factor in, in the project? Oh um, man, supply chain. Like, Don't get me started <laughs> on supply chain. Uh, okay, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a major, uh, a major factor. It's, um, it's a part of life now, right? Uh, you, you can't start a job without first identifying how long. Um, we got, we got certain um, items, things like wood doors, wood doors, something you're like, Oh, wood's readily available. 12 month lead time on, on wood doors for this project. Um, we got, we got, um, we had glass lead lined glass that was supposed to come from Korea. It got lost in a sea can on the way from, from Korea. So, uh, that that was another hurdle to jump through, but yeah, it's um, lead times is anytime, anytime we get a scope of work, first thing we do, or what are, what are the lead times? Because that'll dictate if if the project's going to be on schedule or off schedule. It's, it's not so much can we get the work done; it's when will the material arrive. It's uh, it's huge. It has it has improved lately, but bad. Yeah, it's improving, but you know, from what I hear, uh, I think you said you started in twenty twenty, so the supply chain issues, you know, during the bidding process and the original planning process probably weren't there. Uh, and, you know, a few surprises and challenges uh, in coming years, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Like the stuff we ordered within the first few months of the job are, are, is just arriving now, right? By the time it gets through the reviews and the fabrication and then the delivery. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't envy that part of the job. That uh, that's something I've never had to work. <laughs> to, but, uh, sounds, yeah. it sounds difficult. Um, what, what do you think is the the most challenging part of uh, of uh, of the project, or you know, just in general working at a hospital? Yeah, so I, I will start off by saying that the team we have of this project, I'm grateful every day for the team we have, both both uh, at Elliston. Uh, but most importantly, like the stakeholders, the owners, uh, the client mm-hmm. reps, and, and the consultants. Like, it, it's very unique that two years into a job, everyone is still working along really well, and we're all friends. But uh, this is this is one of those rare opportunities where we've really been able to to maintain that relationship, and that kind of leads. What is the most difficult part of this project? It, it's logistics, hand, hands down. It's it, it's coordinating. We have to remember this this project. Uh, the Cambridge Hospital was originally designed in 2015. So here we are, a, a pandemic later, um, and, we're, and we're finally constructing this thing. So, so the things they thought were important eight years ago have now shifted. So a lot of the design is being modernized as as we move through this this project to to bring it up to uh, modern standards. So um, not only are we dealing with with the logistics of coordinating with the hospital, but then we have designs that are continuously evolving as we move through the cycle, um, which which has just been so challenging uh, uh, to manage. But but luckily, luckily we have such a great team that we all understand. Like we all understand, like this is a tough project, but we have to get through this together. And, and so far, it's been a success. This podcast is sponsored by Dozer, an online marketplace for heavy equipment rentals across North America. Partnering with thousands of rental houses, Dozer provides contractors with access to local suppliers, transparent pricing, mobile ordering, and an industry-leading payment option of 0% interest for 60 days. Go to dozer.com to find your next heavy equipment rental. That's D-O-Z-R dot
that's really interesting to hear about the designs changing throughout the the project. Um, mm -hmm. Is that uh, can we dig in a little more there? Um, is is that? Uh, <clears throat> um, just want to make sure I heard you correctly. Is is that due to you know the ability to find uh, you know materials, or is it just because there's new technologies that have come out and new opportunity to build in the project? Um, what what what's the biggest driving factor for change in design? Yeah, there, there's a lot of factors. Uh, so for sure, like uh, like I said, the project first started, it was designed in 2015. Um, so back then they scoped all this different equipment, uh, hospital equipment or, or even like different types of tile and flooring um, that was available in 2015 is no longer available today or, or the dimensions right. or the fan, the fan specs or the fan weights have changed since, since 2015. So, um, so as we move through the shop drawing process, um, you really have to review things. I'll, I'll use, we have a few large air handlers that we're putting on the roof of, of the building. In, in 2015, and I'm kind of guessing at the numbers here a bit, these these units weighed 10,000 pounds. But mm -hmm. fast forward to, to 2022 or 2023, now these units weigh 15,000 pounds. The same same CFM, but, but uh, because of different code changes and, and changes in technology, uh, the units are 50% heavier. Well, that, that changes the steel size that we need to support these fans. And now that we've changed the steel size, well, now they may interfere with different patient lifts that we need to install in the ceiling or the ductwork that we need to install in the ceiling. So now we're revising that. Um, so it's kind of like just this ripple effect um, that, is created and then there's as well is the pandemic you you can't ignore the effect that the pandemic has had on on how hospitals um need to serve their communities um so whereas whereas um recovery space may have been important in 2015 now now more beds is important so um it, it it's really been evolving both with the change in materials and products but as well as the needs of the community Interesting. It it sounds like an incredible amount of work. Um, is it, it what, what's the size of the team that's you know working on the logistics for this project? Surely it's not yourself. There's there's got to be a, a whole you know whole team of people working on procurement and logistics and uh, project management. Yeah, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if, if it was just me, I don't think I'd have any hair left <laughs> on my head, uh, but uh, no, there, there's certainly a whole team. So um, there, there is my, my uh, on the, so there's the PM side uh, and then there's also the field side. So the superintendent or, or, or the field staff. So on the PM side uh, is myself and, and, and um, two coordinators. Uh, we also have a commissioning agent. Uh, and then, and, um, and then, uh, an M and E manager as well, who just deals with the mechanical and electrical, uh, on the field side there, we have a senior superintendent, uh, uh, senior superintendent, a superintendent, and then two assistant supers under that. But then, and that's just the Ellis Dawn staff, but as we branch down into the various sub trades, all uh, the, the level of coordination and it, it just, it, it grows exponentially. I should say it's, it's a real community that comes into building this thing. Good point. Um, you know, I guess, uh, I should have been thinking of, but I wasn't thinking of all the sub trades and, and, you know, the additional workforce, uh, mm -hmm. you know, required there. Um, <clears throat> so 
you know, having been in this field for some time now and, uh, you know, working through, you know, complex projects like this, uh, do you have any like tips or, you know, best practices for small, medium, large companies uh, when it comes to uh, estimating and project uh, management? Yeah, for sure. So uh, lots, lots of tips. I don't know if there's enough time here, but uh, <laughs> um, I, the biggest tip I have and, and, and probably the, the, the largest saving grace I, I've had in this project is, is schedule. Um, a lot of small, medium sized companies, they, they get into these projects and, and they haven't thought about supply chain issues or, or the time it takes for concrete to cure or how many pores we need to erect this building. Uh, and, and those things can, can really, really impact the project. So developing a, a thought out schedule that takes into account, um, permits, permits can be a killer. So have you allowed enough time for permitting? Have you allowed enough time to get your precast fabricated or, or get your shop drawings reviewed? Um, so it, 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 what I've always considered to be my, my strongest suit is, is that ability to, to create a, a strong schedule and use that schedule to help drive progress on site, monitor progress on site. Where's my critical path? What are potential risks? What's going to hold me up? What do I need to get started on early? Uh, and a strong schedule really, really is beneficial for that. Do you, uh, do you find that you have to um, proactively manage the trades uh, so that they will meet that schedule? Like, uh, for example, um, you know, before, uh, one trade, one sub trades, uh, start date, are you, are you having to kind of reach out and, and ensure that, you know, permits are in place or that, uh, materials are procured? Yeah. Um, what does that process look like? Yeah. So we are in contact with pretty much every sub trade on the job on a weekly basis. Um, now that's not necessarily phone calls, uh, but at, at mm -hmm. Ellis Dawn, um, and, and I think a lot of other GCs as well, uh, there's 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 the master schedule, but then there's there's a lot of other scheduling and coordination that goes on as well. So on this particular project, uh, to use this project as an example, excuse me, we have our our master schedule that kind of has a high level overview of of the full four years. So that gets updated once a month, and that gets sent out to all the trades. Uh, but on top of that, we also have uh, a six week look ahead that gets issued weekly to all the trades. Uh, so they can use that to look out six weeks in advance. Uh, and we use that to to contact the trades. If we see a new trade coming on board six weeks in advance, we'll contact them. Um, all right, where's your, all your safety documentation? What workers are you going to bring to site? Who is your competent supervisor? Um, how, what's your execution plan? Where do you plan to stage your materials? And, and that sort of thing. Uh, every trade that comes to site, we have... Uh, a two-hour meeting to to go over the logistics, the different challenges, to explain to them the infection control and the various processes required for working in a hospital. Uh, and then once they're on site, uh, the the coordination doesn't stop there. So uh, once a week, we have a, a foreman's meeting where all the foremen come into the trailer. We have all the next six weeks using sticky notes posted on our boards and we go through and have them place sticky notes with milestones. This is where I'm going to be in six weeks. This is where I'm going to be in two weeks. This is where I'm going to be in wherever the time period is. Uh, and that happens once a week. And then even to dive deeper every day, we, we look at day specific. All right. How many guys do you have working on this floor? How many guys do you have working over here? Are you going to be impacting this trade? Are you going to move out of this way? So this trade can get his material in. So, um, 
yeah, again, it's, it's, it's just logistics. It's, it's keeping that open lines of communication with your trades, giving them as much notice as you can so that they can plan, um, and, and hoping they reciprocate that. We, uh, we talk a lot about trust, uh, here at Dozer, uh, internally with our team, um, and, you know, the importance of building trust through transparency. And um, I would assume that that's probably pretty important uh, in sort of the relationship building uh, process with with the trades. Um, it, any comments on that? Do, do you find the, the same thing? And, and do you have any tips on how to build trust uh, in both directions? Yeah, tr- trust is is absolutely critical. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's possible to have a successful project without trust. There's, there's so many decisions that need to be made so quickly that if you don't trust, um, the information you're giving or the information you're getting, um, it, it just slows the whole process down. Um, yeah, trust is one of my core pillars. I, I, hmm. I, I work really, really hard to, to establish trust, uh, because I find it really helps the project move smoothly. Um, as far right. as, tips tips for for building that trust it, it really starts it starts with you right it, it starts with you and 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 being honest <laughs> it really starts yeah. with with being honest is probably my best tip if you want to build trust be honest and 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 the trust will be reciprocated to you right so it's so uh it's so simple um <laughs> you know just be honest right yeah uh, yeah. But, um, yeah it definitely it makes it makes such a difference um yeah, so I, I've i heard that you're on the Elliston uh, internal software development team. Um, can you tell me more about that? That sounds interesting. Yeah, so Elliston has a, a lot of really exciting um, different avenues that you can get into. So uh, as you know, information in this age is everything. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Elliston is fortunate enough that we're so widespread across Canada that we have this ability to collect a lot of information. Uh, and not only that, but there's also managing our own projects. So at Elliston, uh, we have a product called Gate3, um, which is our own project management software uh, propri- proprietary to Elliston. Uh, and we use, yeah, we use that software um, to manage all our projects. So uh, it's really great. So as far as cost management, change management, scheduling, forecasting, uh, RFI, shop drawings, it, it all gets collected and and stored within this gate three software um and yes i am fortunate enough to be part of that team um and i'm very passionate about uh project management uh so what that consists of we we have a great team of of um software engineers that that work within our mississauga office yeah and 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 they're constantly um garnering feedback from from people like myself and, and other professionals across Elliston as to hey what products do you want we have we have this great cost management product how can how can we change it to make it better what what information are you looking for what information would you like to have or uh, do you see value in um, so we 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 work together and we sit in on panels and sometimes we have lunch together and and um, really work to you know, it, uh, where was I going with that? We really work to just make the product better, like um, and and to be master of their own destiny, right? You, you see a lot of these small, mid-sized companies that they they get uh, hooked into a lot of subscriptions, right? You have a subscription for your scheduling, even subscription mm-hmm. for word processing, and subscription for 
for document management and um, they can really hurt they can really hurt the bottom line. So by Elliston developing our own software, we kind of create we control our own destiny in that regard. That's uh, that's so interesting. Building software is uh, not easy. No. <laughs> so congratulations for being able to pull it off. I mean, that uh, we know a lot about building software, and uh, uh, I can imagine some of those meetings that you're sitting in. I mean, pretty fun problem solving for sure. But uh, that's right. You know, yeah. There's always uh, kind of a limited number of resources and a whole lot of a lot of things that you'd like to have on the roadmap. So yeah, um, it sounds like a pretty. Uh, pretty fun combination. It actually kind of sounds like you're going through a similar experience of myself coming from construction, but, you know, um, you know, getting involved in, in tech, I think that's really, uh, uh, really cool. Yeah. I'm not a super <laughs> tech savvy guy, but, uh, they, they have a way of making it so I can understand. So I like that. Right. Um, <clears throat> So we always ask people, um, you know, on the show, what, what's your favorite piece of equipment? Mm-hmm. I've been giving it a lot of thought. I've yeah. been giving it a lot of thought. Um, <laughs> I got to say, every, everyone loves the skid steer. It seems to be a fan favorite on yeah. the show. So I wanted to go a little different than the skid steer. I'm a big skid steer <laughs> fan too. Um, but I wanted to go a little different and I wanted to go with tractor backo. I'm going to say is, is uh, oh, really? my favorite piece of equipment. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> I guess I'll give you a little context. So, um, we do a lot of large industrial commercial type projects, uh, wastewater treatment plants, hospitals, and you mentioned snow clearing is a huge aspect of that, but also offloading materials, digging temporary electrical cables and, and moving material around, backfilling, graveling, leveling roads and, and just miscellaneous site works. Um, yep. And I, I've always found, while I love a skid steer, if, you, if you're trying to do it all with the skid steer, she's going to wear it on you and you have all kinds of maintenance problems. So the backhoe's got a yep. little more horsepower. It's, it's a pretty uh, <laughs> utilitarian piece of equipment and uh, can't go wrong with it. <laughs> Uh, I like to call it the Swiss Army knife of uh, construction equipment. It's, that's it's right. Just a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, my first piece of equipment was a Cat 420 IT um, uh, four wheel drive backhoe. Oh, uh, nice. I, yeah, I, I definitely have a soft spot as well. Yeah, uh, right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, Josh, this has been awesome. Really great getting to learn about uh, um, yourself, your journey, the uh, uh, the project that you're on right now. It sounds really cool. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks again for uh, for joining us on the show. Is there is there a way for uh, our listeners to be able to uh, find you afterwards or get in touch? Yeah, for sure. So you can check out my LinkedIn page. Uh, Josh Van Eyck is is the name. Uh, I do have an Instagram page, Odd Job Josh, which I I will shamelessly promote here on your show. It, it, it's nice. mostly just for fun, a lot of backyard projects and small uh, DIY <laughs> jobs, but uh, I try to make it entertaining for the viewers. But <laughs> so yeah, feel nice. free to give her a check out. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. That's, uh, that's really great. It's, uh, again, it's been really great, uh, chatting with you. So thanks for taking the time to, uh, uh, to speak with us today. Yeah. Same here, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me on the show. <laughs> nice. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Josh talking about the ins and outs of running a construction project for a hospital. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or watch all of our episodes on YouTube and please make sure to subscribe. All links are provided in the description of this episode. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next time.